pra você. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. Anyway, hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Aggregate School Podcast with myself, Ayot. And uh, with me, as always, is my guy, my brother, Elijah. How are you, sir? It's been a while. Jeez, bro, it's been it's been a while. Apologies, listeners. It's been a while. <laughs> and to my bro, it's been a while. I feel like there's always something. I feel like do you know what? we might have to play one game where it's like, what's the excuse this week? Honestly. But, but um yeah, the excuse was um Ingrosi wasn't well, but she's doing better now. And um Yeah, things have just not synced, man. But in it, yeah, calendars have just been all over the place. One week I'm busy, one week you're busy, it's just been a it's been a whole thing. But we're, we're, we're here now. We're here now. Exactly. And sorry to <laughs> listeners, because you're probably thinking, right, guys, a whole NBA finals has, has been and gone. Fam. But the finals got me, man, because there was no games though on the weekend. There was that one. <laughs> Everything was always during the week. Yeah. <laughs> you would expect. But, um, yeah, shout out. Oh, go on, bro. Sorry. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. Go ahead. Now saying shout out to um, the Nuggets, though. Shout out to them. Um, Indeed. Yeah. Like let's not let's not get it twisted. Next season, just beware for them to uh, run it back. Yeah, I think that run it back statement could actually be true for them. To be honest, people just go sleeping on them, and I think that's what's happened all this time. That's exactly it. We said it going into the into the playoffs that like we weren't sure what they were going to be in terms of like no one really respects them as the first seed, all that stuff. But they really, you know, they got their respect at the end and. Came out on top. We'll talk about that as we go along. I actually forgot we hadn't even discussed the play, like the, the finals, finals like that. Yeah, I know we discussed like, it in passing, really. We were like, oh, um, I think I mentioned that it could be a sweep um, or whatever it was. Yes. But it was a whole thing. Anyway, we're, we're going to get on to basketball a bit later. That's that's one of our yeah, topics, yeah, for, sure, for sure, for sure. Uh, but we're going to kick it off, first of all, with one of the leagues that's a bit slow at the moment, the American football, NFL. Jeez. Run, run. Stay on, stay on. Um... So yeah, it's just been a bit. It's been a bit quiet. Obviously, like not nothing crazy's happened because we're still in the off season. I think yeah. most teams report back the training camp next month, yeah. some point in July. Um, but there are a few things that happened. Obviously, at the start of this month, uh, Dalvin Cook was released by the Minnesota Vikings, uh, which came to a shock to some people. Came as a shock to some people, but not to everybody. I think if you've had your ear plugged in with some like tweets and stuff recently, you've seen that he's uh, been unhappy for a minute. I think contract wise. Um, and a team are looking to make a move and, and go in a new direction. So he gets released um, and he's currently in the market for a new team. And I think he's just kind of weighing up his options right now. But the funny thing is that he recently obviously came out with a, a statement, I think in an interview somewhere, uh, where he said that him and DeAndre Hopkins would uh, would be an epic duo if they joined forces and joined, joined a team this year. Yeah. And I'm like, should they join forces? Like if they were to join a team, a team that instantly gets like a, a good, you know, top top running back and a wide receiver, um, is that is that like a favorable thing? And like, what kind of teams could they even join? I'm not even sure yet. But first of all, the question I guess first question to you is like, is that even a possibility? Like, do you think that'll be a, a dynamic duo, or do you think they're kind of both past their like super primes kind of thing? No, nah, do you know what? I think that's a dynamic duo. I feel, still feel like there's, you know, it's getting <laughs> like it's giving fast and furious, boy. Mm. <laughs> that they're still juicing the tank. <laughs> they're still. <laughs> Some explosiveness. I I think like don't get it twisted because if you look at Darvin Cook's stats from um from last year's, they're not like they're not bad. You know, they're not bad. He he had what 
um, a thousand, a thousand one hundred and seventy-three yards. Do you know what I'm saying? His average was four point four, so it has slightly been decreasing since twenty twenty. However, that's that's pretty good. That will add to any team for me personally. I just feel um, that this league knows, boy. You give your running backs like four or five years max. Yeah, man. <laughs> and then if you feel like it is, <laughs> trust me, because we've seen some running backs, bro. The the the, the Todd Gurley's, the the guys that looked raw, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, real, they Just went off a massive cliff. So I feel like if they were to um, if they were to uh, combine together, it would be dope. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, you would say. His his stats haven't really been, you know, giving what they're supposed to give. I mean, seven hundred and seven hundred and seventeen yards. Like you can do better. You can, True. You can. In his defense, like he was playing with bubbles last year. Like Kyler went out injured, uh, and I think he had like I don't know. I don't even know who was his quarterback last year. I can't lie to you. I have no idea who it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear that still. So we'll, we'll allow him for that. But um, yeah, I think both of them that would give, and I think just their, their experience in the league as well and mm. what they're about. Um, that'd be like a special dynamic duo. So I definitely feel them combining would be quite, be quite interesting. I'd, I'd pay to watch that. I really would. I think yeah, for me it depends on which team. Like if they go to like, um, I know I know for example uh, Hopkins has been looking into like the Patriots recently, uh, and the Titans. I think Tennessee Titans as well. He went to visit there as well. Okay, yeah. One of those two teams could be interesting. I could see like the Patriots for example with Hopkins. Hopkins there. Obviously, he hasn't got the, it's not the greatest of quarterback play in terms of Mac Jones, but um, you know, at him there with a decent, they've already got a decent running game with people like Damian Williams and Damian Harris. Sorry, um, then you add in people, someone like um, Dalvin Cook to that kind of running back room, it's quite an explosive offense. Um, I don't know if they can maybe join an already established situation. For example, like say, I mean, I know you'd hate this as a, as a Packers fan, but imagine if they joined the Jets and like retooled and tooled up Aaron Aaron Rodgers as like Arsenal even more. Because um, like the Jets obviously have they've got a wide wide receiver in terms of like um, Gary Wilson, but if they added like a, a second or a third option, or well, I guess DeAndre has to be the first option because he's kind of that guy. But if they added an extra option at the wide receiver position and then even added more firepower to their running back room that's already got preschool who everyone's really high on, yeah, yeah, that could be insane. That's so yeah, I'm with you. I think they both have a lot left in the tank. I think to give. I think yeah. unfortunately for Cook, it's just the fact that running backs just get such a the shelf life is it's a joke thing. Like it's, it's really it's yeah. literally four or five years of yeah, like high quality good. running back play, and then everyone kind of just gives up on you. And, and it's about the snaps you've had as well. I think it's yeah. just. And the sad thing is, you would probably say that you know down the line the Vikings probably made the right decision, unless now mm-hmm. he goes to somewhere and wins a Super Bowl. Okay, yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe, maybe not, but because just yeah, like, like you would look at um, oh gosh, you got released by the Cowboys. Oh um, Zeke, yeah, Zeke, Zeke, oh, Zeke. When he came into the league, massive things about him. This guy was this, that, and the other, and then look at it now, man. It just it saddens me still, to be fair. But mm. this is just the nature of the game now. It's all about quarterbacks. With quarterbacks, you, I mean, you can play. Unless I mean your elite of elite, but even into your like late thirties, you you can still be pretty tight, you know. Especially if you've got good protection around you. But I mean, exactly. if it's other positions, running backs, those hits, man. After a while, it catches up. So yeah, it's a shame. But I feel like he'll be a, a great addition to to another team. 
Hundred percent, yeah. I know, I know he's from like he's a Miami native, um, and I think Miami themselves have recently said they're looking into potentially acquiring him as well. Um, mm-hmm. That would be crazy. Obviously, they don't need a, they don't really need a wide receiver, so I don't think that would help for the whole package deal of him and DeAndre. But if you add um, you add him to that Miami team that's already you know just retooled retooled on defense this year, they brought in Jalen Ramsey, um, and now offensively, if they get if they add Dalvin Cook to that running back room and with Tyreek uh, Tyreek Hill and, and Jalen Waddle in that team. Like this team is, it's looking dangerous. I don't even know how they can afford that. I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't know where they where they fund the cap space for this because <laughs> not too many too many hyper hyper players on that team. But trust me, um, that would be an interesting one for sure. But as I said, it's been it's been kind of quiet with the NFL recently. Obviously, we had the the big boom after the draft and people signing contracts and stuff. And we had Jalen Hurts yeah. sign his contract and uh, Lamar uh, Lamar Jackson sign his contract. Um, but I guess my next question is really who do you think is the next uh, big fish, I guess, to get their money. Will it like be Joe Burrow? Do you think it'd be Justin Herbert? Because um, those guys are currently up for, up for extension as well. Who do you think's next? Yeah. Um, I'll probably say Joe Burrow, just because I feel like over the last years his consistency, I think his competition with Mahomes as well, and just like, he is also another like special type of quarterback. So mm-hmm. I feel like eventually um, he, he will get his money. And, and rightly so as well, man. I think in this league, like to be up there, because you've seen some of the battles between him and Mahomes, like it's been, it's been quite quite special. So I think yeah. he's probably next in line as well to to get his money as well. And yeah, man, it's just there's a lot of people coming into that. Like you know, we looked at what happened with the Ravens, and then obviously them tying down um their quarterback as well. So I mean, when these guys are special, or you see glimpses of greatness and that like when you look at um when you look at the Ravens and you look at how well um Lamar Jackson was, you know, when he was MVP, like it was literally unreal. Mm-hmm. Like playing PlayStation bro. It's like <laughs> madness. Like you're just like wow like this brother can just turn it on, kill teams. You you don't even know like what is he gonna run? Is he gonna throw? Is he gonna your your second guessing sort of thing. And yeah, for me, like I think these guys are rightly like due their money, especially when it's interesting when you're coming into that contract year as well, or you know, you know you're up to get paid. So yeah, yeah man, he I feel like Joe Barr will be next in line. I don't know when, but I feel he'll he'll get paid. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm kind of similar. I think um I don't know when it will happen. I'm sure it probably might, might be before training camp. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. But um. I definitely think they they'll want to tie it down sooner. The sooner the better for them. Um, as a team, obviously, the nature of the league, the cap, the salary cap goes up every year. Um, so like naturally, teams are the money that's going to be spent in the future is going to be more than what it is right now. So if you've got a top guy that you believe in, and everyone kind of I guess consensus wise sees Joe Burrow as like one of the top three, four quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. Um, you kind of want to tie him down now before it's before it gets too expensive for you, basically as an organization. It's, then they still got other players to sign as well. As well, like I think T Higgins his contract up soon. Ooh. Obviously, Jamar eventually at some point will have his contract renewal as well. So these are both players, or or three of those are players that you kind of want to lock in so you can get them for their for their best years. So I'm with you. I think Burrow's kind of next um, in terms of like the big the big Next fish. To get his money. <laughs> I wonder if he'll kind of like reset the market essentially in terms of um how we obviously had Lamar's deal um be quite a big one I think yeah. Hertz's deal I think in terms of being the most expensive deal right now or was it I think Hertz was expensive for like a day or two and then Lamar was expen- more expensive than that 
Yeah, that's 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 how these things kind of roll, you know. Yeah, exactly. So you imagine bang, um, the Bengals are going to make um, Joe Burrow the highest paid quarterback of all time eventually at some point. So, um, yeah, the money just keeps on keeps on getting more for these for these players. But as you said, rightly so. I mean, like, uh, you know, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He's been going toe to toe with Patrick Mahomes for quite some time. Yeah. Uh, and as someone whose team, you know, has to face Patrick Mahomes a couple of times every year now in our division, uh, the thought of a, a player who's able to kind of go toe to toe with him in that team is is a uh, is well deserved. So. <laughs> Definitely see if he if he gets his money soon. Um, but yeah, man, as I said, training camp is coming up soon. Um, and obviously a couple of teams have made some big additions over the over this period. We've had obviously the draft and um, all these teams making their signings there there and a couple of trades here and there. Obviously the big one being Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets. But um, do you have a team in particular that you're excited to that you're excited to kind of like see going into this season in terms of like what they have and the changes they've made? Um, I have to admit, like, I think right now you probably have to say the Jets just mm-hmm. because, I mean, everything was set up nicely for that team. But then I, I'd, I'd say also what, what Philly have done as well, like, it's been impressive, mm-hmm. especially in the draft, like, especially, especially in the draft. I mean... For a team to come out that strongly, and you see some GMs, man, like let's not get twisted. Like, I don't get paid money for that, but some of them be, be, be trash. But wait, what Philly did, like, yeah, like greatness in the building. It was, it was definitely special. I just think the Jets are really like, again, they they're basically uh, the league's version of the Suns. They've gone all in and 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 then some, like, yeah. You don't just bring a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers if you um if you're thinking, ah, oh, okay, we just want to just about make the playoffs. You're trying to win it all. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Sure. So for me, I'm but I'm gonna say Philly just because I love what they did draft night and because I feel like when they drafted in Jalen Carter, I was just like these guys, they have sense. This, these are people who you you want to be in charge of your franchise. No disrespect to MJ, but you know when his team, I don't know, they've been drafting some, yeah, Messi. God, God should have Messi because sometimes you're just like, <laughs> what, what's the, what the heck? But I say I'm excited about Philly, man, and their defense definitely will be once again special. So yeah, man, that's that's what I'm excited for. Although, to be fair, I, I'm chopping and changing. Philly for me, but deep down in my heart, I'm excited for um, the Packers because it's just unknown territory. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, no one knows what it will be like. No Rodgers. But I think the rumblings that I keep coming out is, yes, um, uh, love is going to be a bit raw, but everyone seems to be backing him. But well, as you should. I mean, if you were coming out and not, it could all change, though. Let me be honest. It could be like five years in the back. This guy's trash, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I love the confidence and yeah, maybe maybe there was something in him. Maybe the Packers got it right. You never know. Sometimes teams do. Um, so I'm just praying for that anyway. <laughs> but yeah, excited for Philly. I hear that. I think um, yeah, the Jets is the obvious pick. I think just because of the nature of how drastic their change was. Uh, it's a, a team who like was maybe. Everyone, everyone kind of says that they were a quarterback away from basically like being a decent team last year. 
Um, but they had unfortunate quarterback play from you know Zach Wilson, who sucks, um, and Mike White, who was okay and he had had moments, but obviously isn't like a superstar. Um, so now they've kind of brought in a really good quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, and I think they believe in, as you said, they've gone into win now mode like the Suns have, and they've kind of like brought in a bunch of players to see what they can do this season. So they're the obvious choice. Um, I really like the uh, Jaguars in terms of like Trevor Lawrence. I want to see what if he can take another step forward next year. Um, in terms of his play, like obviously he's the first overall pick in that draft and had a lot of expectations on his shoulders naturally and it came into the league and struggled that first year. But in his defense, he had like just, yeah, it was clown town over there. He had a joke man running operation in terms of Urban Meyer. He, was not, he wasn't like a good coach at all. Um, so now that he's got a decent coach behind him, we were seeing kind of the fruit, the fruits of the of the labor, I guess, in terms of the draft pick and and seeing what he can do. So, I'd like to see if he can make another step forward next year for sure. Um, and my third one, I guess, is, is the Bills. I want to see if they can bounce back. I think Josh yeah. Allen has been has been rubbished a lot this off season and this past season in terms of like he increased his his turnovers went up quite big and um his connection with Stefan Diggs wasn't as quite automatic as it was the year before. Yeah, um, so I reckon he's gonna he's gonna have a bit of a chip on his shoulder this season. So I'd like to see what kind of version we get of Josh Allen going into this offseason, into this new season. I guess, uh, yeah. see if he's able to take that step forward and maybe eventually get over the hill in terms of like making it to a Super Bowl or um, a, a conference final. So who's who's sure? But yeah, that's that's definitely my pick for that one. But um, yeah, man, as I said, NFL short NFL talk is kind of short this week because it's not a lot happening. Um. There'll be more to discuss, I guess, in the coming weeks as we go closer to training camp and we see which players end up having to hold out because of contract negotiations and if there's any other crazy trades happening, we'll keep up to date with that for sure. But that might be it for the NFL talk for now. But we're going to quickly go into the big one, man, the big fish this year, this week, uh, the football talk, man. Jeez. Uh, all the football, Premier League, everything, it's, it's really been kicking off uh, in terms of since we last spoke, um, obviously we've had the Champions League final, we've had the FA Cup final. Um, uh, congratulations, obviously, to City winning the treble. Um, I think to be, I can't remember what we said last episode. I don't know if we said that. I, I, I personally remember saying that they would do it, mm-hmm. um, and I think you kind of we kind of agreed that they both kind of get over that hill and, and get, get the treble done. I can't really remember, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, congratulations to City. They did their thing. Uh, People are obviously saying this is like the best team in, in quite some time and they're dubbing Peppers as the best manager of all time. I've had a few conversations with some Man United fans who don't agree with that. They like to put Sir Alex's name in that conversation a lot. Uh, so that's always an interesting one. But um, yeah, congratulations to City. Congratulations to Luton Town FC. Yeah. We are also in the Premier League this year. Games yeah. at Kenilworth Road are going to be jokes because um, of their stadium situation. We're still not sure what they're going to do yet in terms of if they're going to play in MK or if they're going to play home games at, in Luton because obviously they, they have a, a lot of work to do for that stadium right now because you have to walk, walk kind of you see people with gardens as you're walking to the away end it's kind of hilarious yeah, there's a lot going on but we love it <laughs> honestly I remember like even growing up like, I remember always going past Luton Stadium and thinking is this a real football team like I'm just not, not even sure what it was because even like there's a obviously a place in Luton called Berry Park mm-hmm. and if you drive down Berry Park and you look down the left down certain roads you'll see like the stadium at the end of these roads um, and I would see it as a, as a child growing up thinking, oh, there's, that's a football team down there, but not sure like whether they were a legit football team. Because obviously, you know, like this stadium was different compared to if you've ever been to like Manchester or Liverpool, whatever it was, and you've seen those big stadiums there. Um, but now they're a Premier League team, man. They're a proper outfit and they've uh, they worked their way up from, you know, 60 all the way to the 
to the first tier. So congratulations to them. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll see how far they go next season, but that'll be very interesting. But I want to kick us off with the uh, with transfer talk, man. It's it's all the rage right now, and it's yes, it it's, is it's indeed, the big man. one right now. So uh, let's just kick it off. Let's just go straight into it. Declan Rice is he overpriced and overhyped, or is it is it just this uh, this new price tag? Obviously, the news today is that Arsenal put in a hundred and five million pound bid. Yeah, um, I've got some. I've got some updated news. Apparently, it's been accepted now. Oh jeez. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what was your question, bro? Sorry. I yeah, is he is he overhyped and overpriced, or is it legit? Like, does it make sense for Declan Rice this, this um, price tag? Do you know what? Like, let me be honest with you. I was never a fan of his. Like, um, until I think in this basically in this um, European campaign that West Ham have had, and just over the last year and a bit, I've definitely seen like many improvements in his game. And I thought to myself, wow, like he actually is, he's a good player. Now, in terms of the price, let me not lie to you, he's overpriced. Definitely, definitely overpriced. I mean, I'm so sorry. I love the fact that, you know, his English is doing his thing. There's no way he is a hundred and something plus me. I'm so sorry. So, so sorry. That's no, no. And this is the problem that we're having (laughs) with, um, in the Premier League. These players are like coming out, like especially if you're, you're talented in your English, the premium is so high. It's, it's unbelievable. Yet this is why clubs will go out and buy other players uh, way more cheaper. Like, yeah, will he in the future be worth that? Possibly. I'm not sure, but I don't think he is for me worth that amount. And um, yeah, yeah, it, it's weird because I think we will now have to see how that will affect him or not. Obviously, he has won silverware with, um, with what was it? He has won silverware with uh, West Ham. And he, he was he was good. He was real good. But, I mean, it will be interesting to see him at Arsenal. Obviously, congrats to Arsenal still for them going out ready to buy because apparently he's not the only one coming in. And I mean, when we touch on Liverpool, we go and I say my bits and pieces. But boy, <laughs> if, if like if we're being honest, rumours Havertz is gonna go there for maybe sixty, sixty-five. Now yeah. this for Declan Rice, it, it it makes you wonder about your own team. Like, are we just yeah. mooks? <laughs> mooks is the word. Yeah, <laughs> we seem to keep streaming out because, like, the owners, there's some fees that I've been hearing. And in my mind, of, in my hearts of hearts, I'm like, come on, you're telling me that we, we couldn't do that? like. But yeah, like I mean, what's your feeling on the deal anyway, actually switching it, switching it back to you? Like, what do you think he is worth that? Like, what is it about English players, do you reckon, that have got us, got people, you know, like, so gassed? I, I couldn't tell you. Like, it's literally just the fact that they're English. Like, it's nothing else. Um, like he's good. I won't lie. I won't lie to you. Declan Rice is a good player. I think. Um, I don't know where he. I've yet to see really like what Arteta's plan is for in terms of what he's going to play. Obviously, we we've seen him in various roles throughout his career. We've seen him play the DM role. Uh, we've seen him play a bit more further forward, centre mid role, and bring the ball up. Um, if you look at obviously like I haven't got any stats up right now, but I know that in terms of like his ability to bring the ball up last year, he's one of the best in European football, I think, last year in terms of his like possession in midfield, his command of the midfield area last year. 
um, he had he had one of the better years. Um, and as you mentioned, he kind of cemented his legacy as a West Ham, you know, like hero in terms of winning that uh, the Europa Conference League and then winning a, t- a trophy for the first time in quite some time. And that's obviously his boyhood club. So that, that's big for him and that's huge. Um, and now I think it kind of is the right time for him to move on and find a new, a new situation. Yeah. The 105 is a big, big price tag, man. And we've, we've seen it, you know, hinder people in the past. Grealish is notably the one I can think of most quite recently. Uh, that first season after the price tag was not it for Greenish. Uh, yeah, but this yeah. obviously this this most recent season he's you know had a better year and I'm even still not 100 percent convinced on Greenish. I think he's had a better year this year in terms of his performances and he's been playing better for sure. But there are a couple games this year where I've seen Greenish kind of not well yeah go missing in some games. Um and, and then like at the end of the game they they give him a microphone straight away and he you could hear him even say like yeah I was rubbish today but. As a team, we won, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm glad you do," because he was not it. But um, but the price tag was what it was, and I think it made sense at the time for Aston Villa. And this is kind of what new, what West Ham have always wanted. They wanted that big, uh, that, that over hundred million kind of kind of deal, as you said. Yeah. So yeah, I think he's definitely over heights. Um, I think he's good though. I won't deny that. I, I think there's a lot of people who are just, you know, saying like this makes no sense. Um, that he's not worth a single penny of it, but I, I think he's worth something. I don't think it's worth a hundred. I probably put him on like a maybe seventy, eighty right now in today's market. But um, he's definitely a, a top midfielder. I think they're gonna definitely benefit from having him. Having him in Arsenal, I think you think of that midfield if they keep Partey, uh, you add him to that to that midfield with Partey and then Odegaard, for example, in that in that, in that midfield three is is quite exciting to think about as a concept for Arsenal. So yeah, um, yeah, like I, I definitely think I definitely I think he'll be good. Um, I just think he's a victim of, of the circumstance and the time. I think it just happens to be when it's your time, um, like it was for Greenish, as we mentioned a couple like a couple of years ago. Um, it's just your time, and the it's bid your, it's happens your to time. Be <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's just your time. When it's your time, it's your time. It's true. Uh, the, the, the bid with the fee will be high, and the price tag will be high. It'll have a lot of expectations on it. But for some reason, I kind of get the vibe from Declan Rice that he is not phased by it too much. Um, yeah, you see too. him obviously with interviews and stuff. He he seems kind of like a cool, calm, collected guy. For him to be like captain of his his boyhood club at the age he's at right now, he's not like a you know spring chicken, but he's he's not the oldest guy. So for him to be like you know captain of his boyhood club and leading that team into the, to the conference, you know conference finals, conference uh, conference league finals, it was it's quite a big achievement. So we'll see. I just I think it's definitely the overhype. I think it's. I, has, I saw a tweet today. I think someone mentioned him in the same breath as like Prime Busquets. They were like, if I had to choose between Prime Busquets and Declan Rice, I'd pick Declan Rice right now. Oh, I was like, what? I was like, that's a blasphemous that's statement. A blasphemous. <laughs> Wait, oh my dick, that is this this figure about it that is making me feel ill. I was like, yeah, but that's that's Twitter, that's football Twitter for you. Fam. Football Twitter oh. is a, a wild place because people just bad, say bad, bad. The world, what's happening in the world? Honestly, everyone's got an opinion in it. Like, what's the, what's the saying? Opinions are like assholes. Everyone's got one. Like, um, it's just a crazy. It's a crazy. <laughs> but yeah, man, he's good, and and I think it'll be you know an interesting time. But we'll, we'll see. And like Arsenal are, are really committed to this this development, though. Like I think in terms of obviously, we I think we saw last few years where they've spent some money, um, and they've seen the, the benefits of that. Obviously, last year with their title challenge, um, and now I think they're all in. Like they're kind of like you know Arteta's the guy that they want, they but they believe in and. They believe in his plan and the players he wants to sign. I think Havertz is a weird one for me. Um, I didn't actually write it down, but we might, we might discuss it now. Actually, Havertz, like to Arsenal, is looking like it's a done deal already. 
Um, yeah. As you mentioned, like 60-ish million, like, is it, does that make sense to you or is it like a weird deal? That's a very strange deal, to be honest. But, um, I mean, Arteta probably has an idea. I don't really think of Havertz as that, is your typical number nine. And maybe this is what is Arteta's plan to play him around there or, I don't know, rotate with um, Gabriel Jesus. But um, I feel like they got it slightly wrong there, to be honest. I don't know why, but it's a strange one for me personally. But, I mean, the issue is we're looking for attackers, people who are, who are tried and tested. I don't think he's the best, but I think he's an option that could help. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I, I kind of get it in a way. I don't know because I feel like Arsenal, they're, they're not super known, but kind of known for making these deals with Chelsea, which to me is like, they don't really make sense. Mm. But to them, it seemingly does. So, but um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't. I actually thought we'd probably end up going back to Germany. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, um, it's it's a strange one. I can't lie. It, it's weird because I just didn't see it coming, and then to, to kind of give your um your rivals a player like that, yeah, I personally wouldn't because. I still feel with Havertz, there's a lot of growing for him to do. There's quite a lot mm-hmm. of potential, and he could possibly in the future be a dangerous number nine. I see him more as a false number nine, number ten, really at the moment. So, yeah, again, time. We always say time will tell, but I'm very, I want to say, intrigued by the idea of how it will go um, when he does like try and settle with Arsenal, sort of thing. But yeah, credit to the Arsenal. Maybe they have an idea or some sort of plan of how this will sort of fit in. But I like it. They're not afraid to spend money when they think it's the type of player that we would like. But, um, yeah, it was like Jorginho. Like, I remember when he yeah. went there and I just thought to myself, this is very strange. But again, they seem to like that type of player. However, I didn't think it was strange, but um, they, um, they were looking for a type of mid- midfielder again. That's had that experience, knows the Prem well, can mm-hmm, fit yeah. in. So yeah, I think it. Um, yeah, it's 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 an interesting one. Strange from that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. Really strange, strange is the word. Like it's when I saw the the, the rumors. This is weeks ago. Um, I kind of thought it was a joke. Like I didn't think it was a serious like thing that they were approaching Chelsea to try and try and sign Havertz. Havertz is a player who I guess came to Chelsea with that with that you know big price tag we always talk about. Yeah. Um, has had moments. Obviously, the Champions League final with City had a moment there. Um, but he's never really gotten or reached expectations that he had after coming from Leverkusen. And he was seen as like a, like a wonder kid kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we'll see. I think this is similar. Not similar, but last year when, when Jesus came from City, um, Jesus arrived with obviously high expectations. The price tag wasn't crazy, but... Um, in terms of like him as a goal scorer, I think people saw Jesus as like a guy who can score goals, but in that, in that City team, I don't think he was their top goal scorer any any time. But he, he had potential to be to be something big, um, and he gets to Arsenal and immediately hits the ground running and starts scoring goals. So Havertz doesn't really see I don't I don't really see Havertz as that kind of player in terms of he will hit the ground running and, and score like a bunch of bunch of goals. Yeah. Um, but as you said, like that number nine false and false nine kind of role, he could flourish in. 
and I think yeah. probably that's what Arteta has has envisioned for him. Um, so we will see. I think in terms of like, does this fix your goal scoring issues? Because obviously, when Jesus went out last year, there they, there was times when like you're looking at who's going to score the next goal for Arsenal. Obviously, you had the guys on the on the wing with Saka and and Martinelli capable of of doing it, and Odegaard capable of chipping in here and there. Um, but when they relied on people like um, oh, what's this guy's name now? Uh, Eddie Nketiah. Obviously, he had a couple couple games where he was good, but wasn't always always there with the with the goals. Um, and they, obviously, they're intent on letting Fuller and Balogun let go uh, go as well. Even though he had a great year last year on on loan, so um, yeah, a weird one, another weird transfer. But if it works, I think it looks like a genius. Um, so time will tell. We'll have to see because even last year, like when he signed both Zinchenko and Jesus from Man City, everyone was kind of looking at like, why are you signing these City rejects? Essentially, yes. Um, but you know, they both turned yeah, out to be top top players for them last year. Yeah, yeah, it did it really did. So maybe Arteta's a, a real genius for him. Maybe he's the real he's the real genius. Maybe there's a, there's a, there's a yeah, like they say method to the madness. Yeah, exactly. So that will that will that will be the one that we'll see, uh, as we always say, as you said. Uh, only time <laughs> will tell. But um, we'll keep it on the topic of Chelsea because Chelsea this becomes it's become a bit of a merry-go-round at the moment of the Premier League in terms of playing in and out. Um, and there's a revolving door of. of of exits right now, and I, I call it a mass exodus to Chelsea right now. People are just leaving in their droves. Um, there's a bit of a I've seen conspiracies on TikTok about them and the Saudis, and how the fact that there's hella Saudi teams buying these Chelsea players because of connections between the you know, Todd Bowley and um, and the Saudi league and the Saudi teams. But mm. if we were to discuss that, I don't think we'd have time. So um, <laughs> we'll just talk about a couple of these like these uh, people that are leaving. But like, do you do you have an opinion on, like what's happening at Chelsea in terms of they were a team that people looked at this offseason and, and were wondering where they would go in terms of their decisions for players because they have a couple of players that were uh, probably going to leave this year. They, they think of people like Lukaku and yeah. um, it was announced quite quickly that Kante would leave. So there was already him on the books and there's all, there's been talk of all summer long about um, Ruben Loftus-Cheek going to AC Milan and, and other players yeah. like that. But there's been a couple of shock ones for me, especially with these Saudi teams coming in from nowhere, like Mendy today was confirmed. <laughs> Um, yeah. That he's gone to the one of the Saudi teams. Um, I think Ziyech is currently bit under, yes, under yeah. like being discussed. Uh, Kudubani, I think, is gone. He's gone. Kante's gone. Um, yeah. So yeah, what's what's happening at Chelsea, bro? <laughs> well, do you know what it is? Yeah, it's like go on that that spending spending. Yeah, had to be sustained, and it was going to be sustained because they've got a lot of these players that teams would want. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, they're they're. I wouldn't say they're super high value, valuable, but they're assets that can be sold. And I think what's happening now is, you know, I read an article on the Athletic is there's there's been like a sort of like a changing of the guard. We had it in um we had it in the Chinese league where money was going in there and players were leaving for for crazy contracts. Now Saudi the issue why I think with Saudi why it will work because not saying that the Chinese league was a bad way, but You've not just got the league, but you've got the lifestyle. The mm-hmm. lifestyle that you can live out there is going to be epic. And I mean, when I heard about the contract that they offered to um, Kante, I said, why not? This guy, yeah, has won World Cup, Champions League, other competition. Yeah. Like, look, he's done and done. He can go and enjoy it. <laughs> We're getting paid good money. Like, so for me, Benzema's gone out there now, like, you know, a couple of other players. But I think Chelsea, for me, if they were buying, they kept on buying, they were buying, buying, buying. 
not all of these players are going to play. And the issue, I think, was more like, yes, they've, they've sold a few players, because obviously, I think the last couple of days, um, Loftus-Cheek looks like he's going to AC Milan now yeah. as well. Um, uh, now Loftus looks like he could be leaving at some point. Yeah, do you know what I'm saying? They've, they've, the other people that I reckon is Asp- it look like Aspilicueta will probably leave soon. Mason Mount as well. Havertz, as we're saying, just to be confirmed. Um, Kovacic just going to City. Do you know what I'm saying? So, they're just sorting out their squad, really. I think the thing that went well for them is that they've been able to sell a lot of these players quite quickly. Mm-hmm. And you see sometimes you get the thing of, oh, a player doesn't want to go because obviously you signed them to this big contract. But look, but look but in Saudi, they could be paying you pretty much the same. Or maybe even a little bit more mm. in bonuses or something. More, so, yeah. yeah, fair credit to them. I think Chelsea just found a good loophole again of a place to sell yeah. that will like their players. And I reckon another player on that list that you could see Pulisic leave as well, you know, aka 100%. Captain. Yeah. Captain. Captain America. Captain America. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I think with him, he could be next on the list as well because I know Chelsea have a. We're looking for a striker, and I think they met uh, a striker from Villarreal, their minimum fee release. So, yeah. for me, I reckon, yeah, it was coming, but we didn't. I didn't expect the doors to get down so swiftly. That's credit to Chelsea as well, but they got a lot riding on them, boy. Because yeah, <laughs> how they failed last season. I mean, this is why Pot- I feel Poch has been given a two-year initial. I think, or it could be three-year. They want to see how it starts off. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued by it, to be fair, of the cuff. I really am. But, I mean, yeah, what can I say? Only, like, I wouldn't even say time will tell. Just Chelsea just need to sell, I think, in a way to balance the books. Because of that spending, spending on crazy year contracts. <laughs> like, trust yeah. Me, they, they don't want to have what's happened to City. But you see the funny thing with City is, Look Look at City. They won the treble. No one's talking about all those charges they had before. Because, they, like we said on the pod, they're not going to be found guilty, man. Money yeah, talks. Best case. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Money talks, man. <laughs> Who'd have to pay off? No, I'm not saying that, but <laughs> money talks. <laughs> but legit, like, it's, it's legit like that. Like, I think in terms of, as you said, it's a changing of the guard in terms of um, how the team is run now. Like, under Abramovich, it was, it didn't feel like so much of a find the loopholes kind of business um, yeah. whereas the early indication of this Tom Bowley run is that like it's very much like how do we you know get past where, 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 yeah how do we get past the system essentially like they did that with these with these massive Shugnat contracts um, and now we're seeing it with all these deals to, to the Saudi teams to offload their books a little bit well a lot of it um, and it's it's doing what they're supposed to do like it's very different to the, to the way that the Abramovich run started in terms of like when Abramovich came in um we saw immediately there was like just a bunch of players that they brought, but those players were like marquee signings that were were, were ones that like people like Drogba, people like Robin, um, yeah. and the likes of those. Yeah, exactly. Those kind of people who came in and um, and, and did a job immediately. Whereas this this kind of run feels a bit different. Like obviously they spent a lot in this last season and brought in a bunch of players. Some of them quite young and full of potential. Um, and now they kind of just, I guess, balance the books and see what they can do and see what, see what sticks, I guess, in terms of, like, who they bring in. People really like Enzo Fernandez. Um, spent a lot of money on him. 
but he's seen it's like I guess one of the corner pieces of this new this new version of Chelsea that we're gonna get. So so we'll see. It's gonna be very interesting. But um, yeah, it's like a a very a very interesting team in terms of like what's gonna happen at Chelsea and and who's gonna stay. I'd like to see where as the dust settles, like who ends up staying there. Still, players that we think will leave that haven't left yet, as you mentioned, some of those names. Lukaku is another one who's I guess will come back at some point after his loan. We'll see what happens with him if he goes back to, to Italy or he finds another team. Who knows? Yeah. Um, and and yeah. Now I guess now they have to look for a new goalkeeper. I don't know if they, I don't know if they believe in Kepa long term. I don't know. So yeah. But you know, the, the, again, the checkbook is the check the checkbook is open, man. Is exactly. really yeah. It really is at Chelsea right now. So like yeah. they brought in in Cuckoo recently, um, and, and he's there now. Um, he's a player that a lot of people are quite high on after his quite successful season in in, in Germany. The last few years, so now we get to see what he's like in the Premier League, and that that'll be fun to see. Um, but yeah, actually, in the, in, on the talk of Nkuku, let's discuss a couple of these, a couple of these done deals that are already done. Yeah. Um, the one obviously that was this week was the free transfer of Ilkay Gundogan, um, signing for Barcelona uh, after leaving Man City post treble win. Yes. Um, your thoughts on that one? Gundogan is uh... a player who obviously like. I guess revived his career at City. Like he's a player who, if you look at FIFA, for example, yeah. Gundogan's pace used to be like forty. Like they didn't, they didn't rate Gundogan at all. <laughs> then he gets to City and just becomes a goal scoring machine. <laughs> oh my gosh! He's like, yeah, yeah. he can't run. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he had a, a breath of new, a new, I guess like a second wind under under Pep, um, and he's earned his move now to Barca. But sorry, I cut you off. But your, your thoughts on the Gundogan deal? I feel like it, um, it's, I feel like it's a decent one. Um, again, it's nothing to really prove anymore. They've won the trouble, so he goes mm. out as a as a Manchester City legend, and um, yeah, uh, fits in. I feel like with with Barcelona, like I, I don't know. Not what I mean fits in is it's just another player that will just work well in the system they have. I don't think it will take long for him to get accustomed to that. But you never know with Barca. They might yeah. bring this guy in a couple months, they're ready to sell. So, you know, it's, it's a very, very strange one. Not in what Barca are doing at the moment, but um, I do think like he, he will do well. He's just that type of player who I think he's just just very, very talented. And, um, yeah, I hope he can do good things at Barcelona. But I think it's a decent move. Decent move for all parties. Man City are not really, like, like fast because they will be like, look what he's won. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm, are a bit similar to like how like um other other players leave on free transfer from other successful teams. It's almost like, yeah, thank you for your service. You always be a legend here, but yeah, go and do your thing. Exactly. Yeah, it's an interesting one for me because just because of the style of um, I guess how Barca play in terms of that that young midfield at the moment. Yeah. Um, with, with Pedro and, and, and Gabby, I think it is. Um, I'd, I'm very interested to see where Gundogan fits in, um, in terms of like how he's whether he, I guess, regresses not regresses but goes back into the kind of Busquets role. Um, it becomes more of like a a, a deep lying playmaker, or if he continues in that sort of like left attacking midfield role, he was playing for City a lot of the time. Um, we'll have to see, uh, but. Yeah, an interesting move because this, this this Barca team is is kind of building a, a nice young core in that midfield, as I mentioned with Pedri and, and Gavi and uh, and these guys. But you bring in a player who's you know not not spring chicken anymore. Gundogan's quite old, but he's still got a lot left in the tank, as we saw it. Uh, you know, City captain last year. But 
Um, yeah, an interesting move. I guess maybe he's the mature face that they need. Sometimes he, you need a, a an adult in the room, as people say in the NBA all the time, like the Grizzlies last year. Part of the problem is they had no adults in the room. There was no grown, grown folk in there to steady the ship. So maybe maybe that's what Gundogan is now for the, for the City team. Maybe he's the he's the grown person to come in and add some some structure to that midfield. So who knows? But a good deal for him personally, I guess. Obviously, it was a longer deal, more money for him and his family. But I think City did try to resign, but um, this was the better move for him, I think, and it makes sense. So looking forward to see what he where he fits into that that midfield and, and what they're trying to build there. Um, Another done deal, uh, one that's going to break what well, broke my heart personally. I know it breaks your heart as a Liverpool fan as well. Uh, the Bellingham to Real Madrid deal was confirmed, obviously, the last time since we haven't spoke in quite some time. Oh, that was done, a done deal a couple of weeks ago. 100 and I think 11 mil with it when everything all adds up eventually at some point. But yeah. a lot, a lot of money for a good player. Um, a guy who we had long for many, many years had this transfer saga that we believed he'd end up at Liverpool one day. A future Liverpool captain, too, some people called him, um, and it just it just didn't go that way at all. I think he uh, saw the lights <laughs> of the Bernabeu, um and what they're building over there with their young midfielder that core is looking crazy. Him, uh, you adding Camavinga, you adding Shua Many, um, Valverde, all these guys, uh, people people really like. I like him what they're seeing from this Real Madrid young core. So yeah, and he adds to that, um, and he it was big money, but I guess well deserved for a player who's you know. Still only like I forget how old he is now. Bellingham was he like nineteen twenty? Um, just still got a lot, a lot of football left in, in front of him, and a lot of high level football left in front of him as well. So, for me, that one broke my heart when I saw that they were confirmed. Cause I still had a hope that Liverpool might just sneak something. I don't know, even though it was said for you like months now that we we've backed out and we didn't, we weren't no longer pursuing him. I had hope because we'd done this in the past. We said we weren't pursuing Allison back in the day. Lo and behold, we signed Allison that 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 summer. But yeah, man. This one broke my heart. But how do you feel about the Bellingham deal to Real Madrid? It's all done. Oh man. Yeah, what can I say about this? It's just, it's just <laughs> one of those things where you know you just look back at something you think, oh, like you should have done uh, due diligence. And what I mean yeah. by that is um yeah, like we the Champions League definitely like caught us off court, I think. But for me, I expected I think the deal would have been the one. But again, you can clearly see that we're trying to be a club that tries to spread out the world. I think it's frustrating sometimes for the for the um for the fans because we're here just sat thinking like we know we're gonna spend our money, do the deal. But I think also from what I'm hearing as well is that Liverpool never got the indication that a hundred percent wanted to come to us. And so that's right. probably the best of things, but because of that, that was um, that was the reason why. Like, um, that was the sort of thing of okay, cool, we won't do it because we don't know if he hundred percent has his heart set on us. Right. Yeah. And it, which makes sense, and then it doesn't because you you saw the way he felt like he was being tapped up in the in the England couch, man. Like Henderson's over there celebrating with him. Trent Trust, and, yeah, and, just being a secret Liverpool. agent trying to trying to bring him over. I think personally, Liverpool could could have got the deal, but Liverpool looked at it and just thought it's just way too much for one. And fair, um, I won't say time will tell, but what I will say is that we'll wait till August come September. And what mm-hmm. I mean by that is, I feel like Klopp should have been backed in that sort of transfer. 
Yeah. But if he's not being backed on that one, he better well be being backed on the other ones. Because to be honest, this thing, this team needs a, a, a massive rebuild. Like midfield, right? McAllister, there's so many midfielders. I mean, we'll talk about Chirami. He looks that looks like it's maybe like close over the line. And now mm-hmm. obviously the Hungarian midfielder as well. So you're looking at it and you're thinking, okay, Liverpool, let's not flop the bag because you've let a lot of like good players go. And what I mean by that is when they were playing good, your your caters, your Chamberlains, they were top notch, but then they were injured quite a lot of the time. You've lost Bobby as well. Like yeah. it's it's they, they, they need a lot of players to come in, like to come in to allow the other players to to be on their heels, to be hungry for competition because some of them comfortable, but too mm. too comfortable every week. They get to play every week. I I really do firmly believe that we'll we'll get a right back. I'm hoping that because trust me, it's needed. Because if you look at the look at what happened with Liverpool, like our system. And how Trent was kind of playing, well, he's just destined for midfield, man. <laughs> it's like you know how it says it's like it's giving this, it's giving that, it's giving yeah. midfield, man. It's giving midfield, hundred percent. It really is. So, I mean, that's even the title of the thing. It's giving midfield. Facts. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, no, no. I just hope the right transfers are made because it will hurt me if they're not. Yeah, I hear that. In fact, let's just let's just get straight into it, man. With the Liverpool talk, like um. There's obviously this this off season. I keep calling it off season because I'm in, in my American brain right now. But this like kind of <laughs> like period of this transfer period right now. Like we've um, it's I don't, I'm not really enjoying this particular transfer period. I don't know why. As a Liverpool fan, I've I've enjoyed the last few because we've had times where we've been linked with, with top players and um like last obviously last year we had the being linked with Nunes quite early and that got done um and other players like that. But this year, I don't really, I don't hear our names in the talk with the, with the best of the bests right now, and it's it's kind of getting on my nerves a little bit. I know obviously we're not playing Champions League football next year; we're kind of you know in in Europa next season. But um, I'm not I'm not convinced by our like our, our like transfer, I guess strategy so far. I think only, obviously it's still still quite early. Like there's still time to make some good signings, and there's still players we're linked to as you mentioned the, the Hungarian. Um, I think Sobroschloy is his name. I can't remember how to pronounce it, but yeah, uh, we're linked with him quite heavily at the moment. Um, I think we've been linked with Barella since the end of last season, and we'll see what happens if that if that ends up ends up materializing. Uh, so there are there are midfielders that we're linked with, um, as you mentioned. Uh, Turan is one we're linked with. I think Kone is another one we're linked with in the midfield. Um, but I'm I'm yet to see like done deals, and I, I kind of want that for me. I want that for Liverpool. <laughs> I want to see some more done deals to get through get through the door because I think we need, as you mentioned, like a big overhaul this this summer. Um, there's obviously been a lot a lot of outgoings. We've had people leave. Milner's gone or free. Um, as you mentioned, like Ox is gone, maybe Kate is gone. Um, so there are there are now holes to fill, and I think there's even talk of like Thiago being being tapped up by one of these Saudi teams. So yeah, like, there are like there is there is potential like holes to be filled for this team. There's obviously a couple of young people who are who are decent right now. I think Harvey Elliott's currently balling for the under twenty ones at England, under twenty ones at the moment. Um, you know, we had uh all uh Bajetic last year come in and, and really make a take a step forward. Um but there are there are still, you know, we still need some some good signings. I am I'm, I'm obviously overjoyed with the McAllister deal. That was good to get it done for the price that we got it done at. Um but we do need more. But like yeah, how you how you feel about Liverpool's like Obviously, you mentioned it a little bit earlier, but we'll go more into it now. Like, how are you feeling about Liverpool's 
current like transfers like strategy and the rumors and what this period has been like as Liverpool fan? I think I think it's been it's been like one where I think in other transfer windows we didn't know what was going to happen, but I think we can clearly see what the glaring weakness was this season. Yeah. Um, because of how last season was and how we scrambled last minute to get a midfielder. Like, we really can't do that this time. Bro, Arthur. Did Arthur even play for Liverpool? Like, did he play? I think he played, like, one game. He played, I think, like, 16 minutes. Embarrassing. He played more minutes for the other 21s, didn't it? Yes. And I think that that just goes to show, like, Liverpool, like, no, we'll wait for you, blah, blah. I think that's what angered a lot of the fans because we waited for him and then we didn't even all go in at all. So part of me is like, okay, cool. Fair enough. This has happened. Um... I'm just hoping that we can get it right, really. And what I mean by that is, I know a lot of the targets we want are at the Under-21 Championship, but like mm-hmm. another midfielder has to come in. And maybe another one again. Like Liverpool need to look at ways of uh, like winning, not just with attack, but with our midfield. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah. Midfielders chipping in with more goals. Like, you know, when Chamberlain was really performing, man, some of the straight, he would drive us forward. And I, yeah. that's what I'm really excited about. Like, if Churam comes from Nice, I mean, that would be... He's very tall, very kind of silky. Sometimes he looks a little bit like Bambi on ice. Forgive me, man. But he, mm-hmm. he does... No, I see it. <laughs> when it comes to dribbling-wise, like, because of his frame, you're like, oh, but then he will evade certain talent. And you're like, okay, this guy looks... Oh, I like what I'm seeing. So, for me, my ideal situation would be um, two more midfielders and a right-back, possibly a centre-back. Um, I think like it would be one midfielder and a right-back, possibly. Yeah. And I think this is where I'm a bit like... I've noticed now that when we actually won the league or the Champions League, we got very sloppy. Whereas when other teams win stuff, they go hard again. Like Man City won, then they went for Haaland. Like, Trust. I don't now they've won the treble and the, the talk apparently sorry to cut you off but the talk apparently is that they've got like 300 mil to spend this off season like bro, bro like I, I it pains because we're, we're so we're so tentative and what I mean by that is like oh like yeah we can do this maybe nah man we need to if we if people really saw like what was happening last season like we fell off man mm. we fell off massively 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 and I feel like we have to learn that not I'm not saying go all out and go crazy, but we have gotta do something, man. Like it has to be it has to be better. So for me personally, I'm like this window has to be strong. I admit that we may have to um we may have to be a bit like patient, but man, we need quality, like we need quality signings in. So yeah, yeah. man. It is frustrating, but I believe in Klopp. I believe in, in in what we usually do. And most of the time, we usually do get it right. So with McAllister, that's one where I think I'll give Liverpool an A because timing of it, the price as well, I like that it's set. That's another person in, do you know what I'm saying, that can give us an, like a, a a lift. But yeah, yeah, more players definitely have to come in. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I see that. I think even like for me, just as a fan of football in general, the, the I guess the nature of transfer windows now has changed forever. We're getting very much into this kind of American, I guess, look and feel of things in terms of in America with the, with the leagues that we have, obviously with the NFL and the NBA. Um, 
news is news is generally broken by insiders. So it's people like Woj, people like um, uh, is the other guy now? Gosh, I've forgotten the names. Uh, Ian Rappaport for the NFL, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so that's the nature of how like news is broken, and I think in football we never really had that. We had obviously like the, the main news channels, and they would report things as when they happen. But now with Fabrizio Romano, like the way this guy is, is reporting like crazy. Every like, day. Off, <laughs> every day, here we go, guys. And I'm here, like... Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> well, He's changed, crazy. I guess, how transfer windows happen now. So now we're kind of so plugged in and we kind of always hear what's the moves and the, the different rumours and what's close to being done and what's done deals. Um, Even before like the main major outlets like announce them these days. Yeah. So I think for that reason, like because 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 it's so in our face now, we kind of see it, and we, we're not hearing when you don't hear your team named amongst kind of these new players and yeah. these new signings. You don't believe it, in it unless he's spoken. <laughs> exactly, yeah, and it's a bit disheartening when you don't hear your teams being mentioned with players like you know that are young and, and up and coming are being mentioned with other teams. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know why we haven't even like pulled the plug on on certain players. Players though, I, I really like people like Romeo Labia, for example. Keep hearing him linked with like Arsenal and Man United. I'm like, he could he could come at Liverpool and do a job in midfield. We we need some young midfielders. He could be one. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm you know don't really hear us named in in with, with the rumors. So we'll see, man. I think as you said, like it's going to be a long one. I think it's going to be quite a, an arduous transfer window. I think in terms of like when it like when deals are confirmed. Obviously, you mentioned the other 21 World Cups is, ha- is happening right now. So. A lot of the players, I think the young superstars that people are looking at might be at the competition, so they can't necessarily sign early. Um, so we might have to wait and see what happens with, with the dominoes fall for some of those players. But yeah, the Liverpool fan, I think it's been a bit a bit tough, but I think um, maybe because also we don't, we're not operating, it doesn't feel like we're operating from a position of strength at the yes. moment. It kind of feels yeah. like we're operating from a, like a slight position of like, I don't know, not weakness, but yeah. a disadvantage. That's the exact word, yeah, disadvantage, because... We don't have Champions League football to back to, to to land on, and we had a quite you know awful season last year, except for the end when we, when we picked up at the end. But um, we didn't start very well, and I think if you know, you don't know how players think, but if they if they see that kind of thing and they want them, will I come here and similarly fall into a like a, into a, a downward spiral of this Liverpool team? What will happen? So, um, yeah, it's, it's a tough one right now. But I think obviously Klopp is still in Klopp we trust still to this day. Um, We'll see what happens. I think I don't know if he's got the full backing of the board in terms of signings and stuff. I keep hearing news about players that Klopp wants to sign and, and that Klopp is all in on, but the, the board isn't necessarily confident in spending that much money on certain players and and that, and that kind of thing. And I don't know if he's got the same level of autonomy he used to have back in the day. So that would be interesting, I guess, and see how that progresses. But um, yeah, man, transfers transfers are in, are in full swing and players are signing their front and centre. So we'll continue to talk on that as it as it goes along. Um, but we are going to shift gears ever so slightly now from football um, and go on to the NBA and basketball. Um, so similarly with the NBA and basketball, as we also talk, just talk about transfers and stuff with the, with the football time. Um, it's been a crazy time of trades right now in the NBA, like people are getting traded left, right and centre. Too crazy, man. Yeah, like the big obviously the big one is the Gary. Uh, Gary, <laughs> just thinking of just now Gareth Barry. The time of Liverpool looked at Gareth Barry, we never got him. He went to Man City instead. Sorry, that's a sidebar. But um, Bradley Beal to the Suns, uh, a done deal. Um, the actual deal I believe was Bradley Beal for. Bear me one second. I had it up, but I just lost it. 
What did they trade him for? Buddy Bill, they traded him for um so Chris Paul. With some picks. Yeah, yeah, picks. Chris Paul, Landry Shamet. But like yeah. second round picks. Um so yeah, just we'll get we'll start off. Your your thoughts on this Bradley Bill to the Suns trade. Do you know what? I never thought Bradley Bill would leave Washington. Mm. After all all like the noise for the last I'd say maybe the last like one or two seasons I thought ah, he hasn't gone now, he'll never go. And obviously right. the Suns go they go in again hard. Like they say, yo, we try to get this thing done properly. <laughs> so um I think it's not a bad one, really, to be honest. Uh, you've grabbed another all-star there. Um, yes, it, has, it is a few years on from when he was averaging 31 points per game. Um, but, boy, he's a great shooter and, a, and a, good, a good playmaker as well. And I feel like, obviously, it benefits um, the Suns greatly. I feel like the the, the Suns they kind of lose lose a little bit of depth as well because obviously mm. in that trade they've given Chris Paul, they gave um, Landry Landry Shamet as well. So I don't know in terms of like their first five, yes, but what about after that, boy? Yeah, that's my that's my main thinking to be honest. As for the Wizards, that deal was just garbage. But hey, I mean they're trying to reset it up, so still man, it's garbage. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like you could have got. Oh, come on, man! Like Chris Paul, yeah, he's a Hall of Famer, but I mean, you know, you give what, Chris Paul second round picks. Yeah, a slew of second round picks, like literally 2024, 2025, 2026, 2027, 2028, 2030. But it just it doesn't feel like a good trade. It's giving you're a Wizards fan. It's giving a little bit. Yeah, that's what it feels like. It's giving desperation. Like we needed yeah. to get rid of him, and this is the best we could get. We have to. Who, who agreed this? Who said this? Essentially, was yeah. Like yeah. they've got new ownership um, in like a new GM in in with Washington. I think he was ready to kind of like essentially blow it up. Like, we've been talking about it for years, but the Washington blow, blowing it up, um, and they just this is genuinely just the time to do it. Um, so the initial trade, obviously the Bradley Bill one that we just discussed, is it wasn't crazy in terms of what, terms of what they got in return. Obviously Chris Paul was, yeah. uh, as you mentioned, the Hall of Famer, but exactly. he's not gonna. He wasn't there long. He's already already been traded, but. Landry Shamet's a decent role player who can who can support on that team. But to talk about it from the Suns side of things, I'm really, I'm gonna be honest with you, bro. I don't like this trade. Like from the Suns, I think yeah. it. I don't know if it mm. pushes them further. Like, you don't. I don't know. Like I know, obviously, they've now got three absolute buckets. Like Devin Booker can get, can get a bucket. KD can yeah. get a bucket. Bradley Bill can get a bucket. But as a team in general, now, like I don't think it's it's pushed them necessarily further because. The Nuggets are still the best all-round team in the West. Yes. Um, and the Nuggets have depth, and the Suns don't have any depth right now, as you mentioned. Like, they literally gave up everything. And, yeah. like, the amount of cap space that's being taken up by just their three superstars, then you add in DeAndre Ayton, who I already don't like anyway, but he's getting paid way too much to do nothing at the five. <laughs> you then, like, I'm then like, where do you, where's the money to buy some where role is, players? Is, like, where does this work? <laughs> yeah, like, what's not clicking? Like, there's no money to buy role players now. So I don't know what yeah, they're going to do in terms of, like, how they're going to fill out this squad. I don't know. <laughs> so personally, I don't. I don't love the deal. I don't. I think it's great for Bradley Beal in terms of him having a new situation, and he's now in the West. And yeah. can I he think get he's now? 
Yeah, potentially, because like he's now obviously a team where he doesn't have to be the number one option. I think he succeeded for a while in that role, but now he's like I guess the third option with with um, KD and with Booker. Obviously, this is Booker's team, so it's really Booker then KD and then then um, Bill. But yes, that's like from a from a general team perspective, I hate the deal because I don't think it makes them any better. It doesn't or not not only really better. I don't think it makes them better than, than the Nuggets, who is the one that everyone's chasing no. right now. We're all chasing the Nuggets because they just want it. Um, but well, okay, question quickly then: Would you yeah. say? that this deal was a little bit too late for Bradley Bill. Because if we're saying this is Bradley Bill maybe two years ago, then then this probably tips the Suns though, right? Hmm. Potentially. Like he's a guy who I think last year averaged just uh twenty something points last year. Yeah. Previously in the I think previously he'd averaged thirty as you mentioned, but um he has had a couple of injuries unfortunately. Um but yeah potentially I think the Suns team if you added Bradley Bill to the Suns team that already had like CP3 and, and, and Booker, mm-hmm. then that's a team who could potentially do something because they have that their scoring um, and they still had the depth at the time when they still had like Michael um, Carl Bridges and uh, Cam Johnson, all these guys. But now they've let yeah. all those guys go. Um, it's literally, just, as you mentioned, it's just the starting five. Um, yes. Yeah, and course. people keep saying how obviously they've got four superstars. I see it as three superstars and, and DeAndre Ayton. Um, and then they've <laughs> got like cool. a fifth guy. Cool. But- I, I don't know him. why I don't rate him. I'm, I'm. So, it's not a person. I don't know what it is. I just don't. Date, I just don't rate him. I don't think he's a good setup. Like he's... We've, we've seen flashes, bro. We haven't seen it all come. To, I've seen flashes. Though. I've seen times where I thought, oh yeah, and I saw times where I'm like, mm. disappears. And a, yeah, and a lot more. It's been a lot more. Mm, like, exactly. I think at his size and with his skill set, he should be better than what he is. I don't think he's. Yes. I don't think he's paying to his full potential, and I think it's because he doesn't have to on that Suns team because he's now got three superstars. Yeah. Um, but if if you're looking at someone who's meant to be your rim protector at times, I don't think he does that enough for someone his for his position. For his position, like, and I agree with you on that as well. Yeah, yeah, but he's okay and he's good. He's being paid a lot of money to, to not do a lot, basically. Oh, a lot of money, yeah. But yeah, the Suns team is is good, and I think they've they've improved a little bit. But I don't think it puts them over the Nuggets. Um, in a in a seven game series, depending on who they get to fill out the squad with role players. I don't even think it puts them over certain other other teams in the West who like were not as good last year. Like the Lakers made made it to the conference finals, but um, as a team, I think we're more rounded than than the Suns team. Are these Suns team obviously has more superstars, but yeah, they're not as well rounded as the Lakers. The Lakers team had more more depth. Yeah, um, and even like other teams, like you, you your Clippers, for example, you had good role players who came off the bench and were able to contribute. Um, yeah, so I don't know. You eventually, the truth is, is you eventually need your bench. Let's not lie; they can't play all the minutes. Do you know no, what I'm saying? Exactly. They they can't, and it, it's weird though. I mean, giving up that to try and they are they are trying to, you know, do what they need to do, i.e., acquire whatever is out there to to take them over. Yeah, you never know, like. You would have to see probably about maybe 15 games into the season and then some because mm. you can't really tell sometimes at the beginning their stretches and the way the league works is different. You know, we all wait until All-Star and then after All-Star, we see how it looks like and stuff like that. So for me personally, I, I say that the, the Suns, it's almost like, yes, you're on the clock. Like again, with like the Clippers, you now have a window which happened to the Nets, where everyone is expecting you should dominate. Yeah. And I don't know if the Suns will, because I think the Nuggets like the fact that no one 
no one rates them like that. But that might change the season. People might be like, okay, well, you guys don't think we watch you. We will. However, I felt like the Nuggets, they just went about their business. And it wasn't yeah. even like it was like, oh, we're going to, no, we're just going to do what we usually do. Everyone will quote unquote eat, i.e., in terms of getting points. And people want to do their assignments like Aaron Gordon and others will do the thing. Whereas the question will always be, oh, is KD going to eat? Is he going to get mm-hmm. his point? Like, KD, like, will Brooker do his thing? Will now Bradley build? No, no, no. Like, look, other teams have been built, like, as in, even I thought I liked the Milwaukee, but the Bucks kind of got beat by a Heat team, which were, they were looking to slug out everyone. So, it is, it's interesting, because you're right, actually. This might backfire. It might not be. I, I like the move, but you're right. It could backfire, to be fair. Yeah, exactly. But, um, I don't know. We'll see. That's one trade, obviously, that happened. As we, as we mentioned, with the Wizards are, are blowing everything up, like, They've really decided to, to really do everything. So that's the second trade that happened for them, obviously. On the one side of this, Bradley Beal trade was getting Chris Paul. They then since shipped Chris Paul off to the Warriors, which we'll yeah. talk about in a second. But another trade that was done uh, was for Chris Dutch Porzingis. Um, yes, so he got traded to the Celtics, the Celtics, which is a big one for me personally. So I think they traded Chris Dutch for... Bear with. I had a uh, Marcus Smart, right? Was it uh, Marcus Smart's ended up at he's ended up at the where's he ended up he's ended up at the at the the Grizzlies at the moment. Oh, so what was the, uh, that's, so, so yeah, but it was for it was for it was for Marcus Smart, but he uh so basically he the, somewhere else. Yeah, so Pazingas, Smart, and Tyus obviously traded in the, like a three team trade. Oh, three team uh, so, trade. Yeah, yeah. yeah so Celtics get Chris Pazingas, uh, a pick in this year's draft and a pick in next year. Um, the Grizzlies got Marcus Smart and then the Wizards got Tyus Jones, Danilo Gallinari, Mike Muscala and a 35th pick from this year. Um, so Tyus Jones, a solid, solid, solid point guard. Danilo can score, um, but he's obviously still, I mean, he's a bit aged now. And Mike yeah. Muscala's a decent centre. So the Wizards got a decent res- uh, return. But the Celtics, man, picking up Chris Porzingis, adding him to the core of, of uh, Jalen Brown and, and, uh, and Jason Tatum. I I like the Celtics now going to next year, and they basically just got on a much a better version of of uh, Al Holford um, for, that, for that four position, and then um, some. Because to be honest, I feel like Przingis was always a player that they kind of referred to as a unicorn because yeah. of his height, his size, and also his three point shooting as well. I know the Celtics kind of like that that they play around with that three point three point stuff. I mean, this this is a good move. Mm. This is a very good move for them, uh, personally. But it's just we always bang on about this man. It will be about the health. If he could, that's it with him. And, yeah, and he's healthy. It might not even have to be in terms of regular season, but just stay fit in the off season. Now, not even off season in the post season when we go mm-hmm. playoffs, because then we're we're, we're going to need your help. Do you know what I'm saying? Like when we're coming against these big teams. Do you know what I'm saying? But for me, I like the move. I always like Pazingas. I like to be in New York, but my thing is just come on, stay healthy, make a run for whatever team you're at, and let everyone know that like you're that guy, you know, you're, you're a solid player. Like there is greatness there, do you know what I'm saying? So I like it for the for Celtics. Sure. You know the Celtics, they they're gritty, they're hard. It, it's a it's a good move, man. I think it's it's good for them. 
I personally love it for the Celtics. I think the Celtics have this is how you make a move to, to move forward. Like uh, obviously they get they lose Marcus Smart, and I think well, it will, time will tell what the impact on their on their locker room will be in terms of like yeah. obviously he's like a big blue guy for them, even though he wasn't really necessarily contributing statistically for them. Uh, but in terms of like the heart and soul of their team, he was he was basically yeah, it. He was yeah, Mr. Celtics. He was that guy, to be fair. But they lose that, but they they gain a player who's as I mentioned, like our Holford last year was was playing good minutes for the Celtics, um, and I think Chris Stapps does that and then some in terms of that fourth position. I think he he fills out that role for them quite well. So they need a, I guess they need they do need a point guard now, but I think they can find. Unfortunately, statistically, they can find anybody to replace Marcus Smart. It's just now about the heart and soul of the team that they might not be able to replace straight away, but. We'll see yeah. who they bring in, but I, I like this move for the for the Celtics. I like how what it does for their team. Um, I like it for the Wizards. As I mentioned, I think I think Tyus Jones is a good point guard, and I think they bring in some decent young role players. Um, and yeah, Marcus Martin now goes to the Grizzlies, and he's now he's now a mature figure in that Grizzlies organization. I think they needed someone someone to steady the ship a little bit with all the jar nonsense going on. Um, that's another thing we didn't even discuss. That's what I'm Jar getting his suspension. We'll talk about that in a second. But um, yeah, the Wizards did that trade, uh, and then the third trade as, as a result of the Chris Paul trade was trading Chris Paul now to the Wizards, uh, to the to the Warriors. Um, so they bring in uh, Jordan Paul, Brian Rollins, a first round pick and a second round pick, mm-hmm. and then the Warriors get Chris Paul. Um, so the Jordan Paul area in the Warriors has ended. There's no longer a pool party in Golden State. <laughs> Uh, but this was kind of the, I guess the writing was really on the wall from since last year, since he got banged in the face, right? Like it was kind of. Uh, do you know what it was? I think, I think you're right, but it was more writing on the wall in the playoffs, bro. <laughs> Trust, yeah, there was times the when guy, he was making some crazy plays. The guy morphed from this guy was, you know, like taking crazy shots, doing crazy things, you know, smiling at all the baddies to a guy that just, <laughs> boy, I don't know. My brother just couldn't get a bucket from anywhere. So, um, for me, yeah, I feel for him personally. And I would have liked him to have seen him stay at the Warriors. But hey, hey, bro. Look, we're, we're trying to make sure, like, that we keep on that high level. And I think by bringing in Chris Paul, I feel like they do. But it's weird because, obviously, <laughs> Chris Paul ain't going to be starting, you know, point guard. Which means, I think this will probably be the first time in his life that will be a number two. Mm. But I don't know. You could play around with it, though. There are options, yeah. Um, it's a weird move. I won't lie. It is weird for the Warriors because, like, yeah. as you mentioned, even though Jordan Paul wasn't wasn't the best at last year, like points last year, when it came to, came to that second unit, he was a guy at one point, and he kind of ran things for that second unit. Um, yeah. And Chris Paul's a guy who his career hasn't done that before. Yeah, yeah. At times, yeah, in terms of points, correct. Times, yeah. In the season, like those times where like they needed him, and he, he did come through. Still, he could find a bucket. Yeah, and Chris Paul hasn't been. Hasn't. It's not like a. He's not a premier bucket getter right now, but he can still steady the ship, and he can be a good point guard. Point guard. So, a weird move, but uh, good for Chris Paul personally. I guess he's now closer to LA and closer to that that sort of like California area, so close to family. But um, weird for the Warriors. I think they are looking to. I guess, bring some maturity in, in terms of, like, they had to rely on some young people last year at, at times who didn't really quite pan out. Yeah, um, did, yeah. And some of these young players who, I guess, have potential but are not quite doing what they need to do. James, James Wiseman obviously got, got shipped out earlier that, that season and that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, we'll see for the Warriors. It's an interesting move. For the Wizards, I like it. I think Jordan Paul now becomes your number one option. Um, mm. And he's really got free reign to do what he wants in DC. I think yeah, it's literally yeah, yeah. his team. 
he can he can shoot as many shots as he wants. He can miss as many shots as he wants. Um, I I wouldn't be shocked if Jordan Paul like averages like thirty something next year because he literally has the scope now to to do that. Like he he was always seen as like a younger Smash Brother, like a Paul Bunny. Yeah, yeah. Smash but now he has the full reign. It's his team. Like it's basically yeah. his team. Also, they've got some other players there, but it's basically his team at this point. Um, he'll be the number one option, and we'll see how many points he can get. So. Look to look for Jordan Paul to like average quite high points actually if you're doing a fantasy team next year. If you're if you don't mind the percentage being quite quite poo poo in terms of like <laughs> obviously he will he'll miss a lot of shots. Yeah. But he'll make a few. Uh, he'll he'll average quite a lot of points next year for sure. So Yeah. That's gonna be it, interesting man. for them. Um but yeah, man. It's a, a weird weird couple of weeks in the NBA. Like things are just people have been traded and, and moves have been made. Obviously yeah, we had man. people with their free agency and, and people declining and accepting player options. Big one being Draymond Green, as we're talking about the Warriors already. Uh, Draymond Green uh, declined his player option. Um, so he's technically a free agent right now, a non-restricted free agent. Um, but mm-hmm. do you think he'll return to the Warriors? Obviously, now they've obviously let go of Jordan Poole. Um, um, do you think he'll go yeah, back? I think he might go back, to be fair. I think they'll run it back. Because I, I still feel he he feels, and the Warriors feel, that there's, there's you know, um, there's, again, there's there's juice in the tank. Like, he's... Yeah. I still feel like defensively he's he's such a such a player like when he when he gets it right he's he's epic. So I think you just don't want to let that go. Um and if you can convince him on the project that you're doing for him to come back, I don't see why not. Like for me personally, he goes down as probably one of the greatest um Golden State Warriors. Probably I wouldn't say greatest, but one of the great defensive players in terms of defending all positions as well. And what mm-hmm. he does, like, if he could have added some semblance of offense more to his game, which he does on some occasions, but not enough, my goodness, what a player would we have? Mm-hmm. You'd be thinking, fam, this guy can do it all. Like, defense gets it, but the, the, I feel like his offensive output, obviously he's not known for that. He playmakes very well. The, his defensive output is up and down. No, um, offensive. Like sometimes he's doing decent, other times the shoot is not really that great. So, but yeah. I think Golden State should bring him back. He's a, I, I'm a favorite player of his. Like he's a favorite player of mine. I think sometimes I'm always questioning like the motives, even when it was punching up his yeah, his teammates again. Like, <laughs> yeah, that stint, that statement. Make it make sense. Make that make sense. Like, bro, how you just gonna be punching like your teammate and thinking it's cool, and then like. I hear that. He said he apologised and that, but come on, bro. Like, we know what it is. I'm just going punching guys. It's just... No, it's exactly. madness. It's crazy, but, uh, you know, we pray for him. Yeah, and, um, but yeah, but I see him come back to the Warriors. Who wouldn't want to come back, well? Same. I think he does go back. I think he... Um, he just want more there's money. A, there's, <laughs> basically, that's it. Like, I think he'll get, he'll get the money he deserves. But I think people that know that team and know, like, the organisation know kind of what he means to them in terms of I reckon the term glue guy was really made for people like for like Draymond Green who like yeah, yeah, aren't yeah. the best statistically. He obviously contributes and does his thing here and there, but when you think about the heart and soul of a team and that's the, yeah, yeah, like that's the him. Of the team is is him. Like he kind of does that to yeah to a team. So yeah, to a team of. We'll kind of see what happens and and how much money they sign him for. But I think he goes back personally, like you said. I think he goes yeah, back to the team. There was talk of him maybe like you know substituting his options. Obviously, the Lakers are always always a suitor because of his connection with LeBron. But yeah, um, I see him going back to to the Golden State. But if he comes to the Lakers, I'll be gassed because defensively we need that kind of intensity. 
he's the kind of player that Darvin Ham would love to have just because of the, like as I said that that defensive intensity that he plays with. Um, yeah, 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 but yeah, I think I think he goes back to the to the Warriors personally. Me too. But um, I think he goes. He's loved there, yeah. man. I feel even because of the true. situation what happened, it was a madness. But he is loved there, to be fair. No, exactly. But yeah, we're gonna move on to the draft talk because the draft happened last week. Yes, indeed. Um, a lot of things uh, transpired uh, last week. Obviously, we know that we all, all kind of knew who the number one overall pick was going to be. It was going to be Victor Wanyama. Yeah. We knew he was going to the Spurs as that first overall pick. So the draft kind of started at two. Uh, and there was talk of Charlotte maybe going with Scoot Henderson or going with Brandon Miller. But then in the end, decided to go with Brandon Miller at the two. Yes. Um, and then Portland had, the, had a big decision to make in terms of where they go. But yeah, we'll talk. We'll just start start talking about the draft, like in terms of. Uh, you know, winners and losers, and what and what actually happened. Yeah. Um, that second pick from the Hornets, uh, were you surprised by it, or is that kind of just what you thought was going to happen? Uh, second pick by the Hornets. I'm trying to think. It was um, Brandon Miller. I was a little bit surprised. A little mm. bit. I was like, hmm. I thought they they that they would have gone for Henderson, but um. Yeah, like this is where drafts can always surprise you. To be, to be honest, I mean yeah. he's a good wing as well, and wings are quite hard to find in the NBA. So, I think he'll slot in and he'll do quite well. I just didn't expect him. I didn't expect them to kind of make that pick. To be honest, yeah, like, it 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 baffled me a little bit. To be honest, but again, the Hornets man. Strange franchise. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's really it. Like strange franchise from the top to bottom. I think I think picking Henderson would have been interesting, but I guess it would have meant that you don't really see uh, Lamelo as like the long term solution. Yeah. And I think I guess by picking Brandon Miller, you kind of see that um, they want to kind of see what he plays like with Lamelo. Once Lamelo's healthy again, because um, if if personally, if you think about a healthy Lamelo, um, a healthy Mars Bridges, um, and a healthy Brandon Miller together. That is kind of a scary concept, considering how like fast they are and how their ability to jump and run and, and shoot. So, um, yeah, I think I guess that was kind of the thinking from the from the Hornets organization. From the from the Blazers, I guess picking Henderson as the best available player on the board. Um, yes, it, I guess means now there's now a clock on Lillard. Hundred percent. In terms of what he does and what they do with him, does he request a trade now? Do they try and build with him and and scoot Henderson together? No one's really too sure what happens there just yet, but time will tell how far they yeah. go and what they do with him. Um, and then we had a, another, not shock, but another interesting turn of, of, of events for the for the draft with the the twins, the the Thompson twins, Amen and Asar I Thompson, mean, right? going back to back. People obviously see them as an interesting prospect just because they played the last two years with overtime and league, um, yeah. and that, that that development league that no one is really sure how to evaluate really because. <laughs> It's hard to tell. It's a weird one. It's really hard to tell, yeah, just because they're playing against players from the range ages of like sixteen to twenty two. So there's a wide range of like people there, um, in terms of their age group. So they, you could at, at times play against young players who are still developing. And at times you could play against grown men, you really just don't know. Um but they were kind of given free reign in that league to kind of just develop and do their thing and do their thing, yeah. They were they were performing and they were winning things in the overtime league, so it kinda of made sense, but it's very hard for I guess scouts to assess and judge assess and, uh, yeah or get a good scope yeah I think they're both real like high bust high boom potential kind of players because yeah just because of obviously at their size and their ability they're super athletic both of them six seven over 200 pounds 
like could potentially be franchise changing players. Mm-hmm. But also you should don't know whether they need like a year or two to develop just because of the nature of where they've been playing for the last two years. Yeah. Um, that will be the big the big, I guess, get uh, test for them. Yeah. But um I'm excited for them personally and from a family perspective, it's great to see the twins go back to back like that and be such high draft picks. I'm sure like as a family, like they're getting their gas, like it must have been a sick thing to happen that day. So um yeah, interesting moves for them. But um, then I guess the draft kind of went into an interesting period where where the the Magic picked Anthony Black, um, a top top kind of defensive guy. So I saw quite defensively as as quite a good player. But um, I don't know if he helps the Magic right now, and they need quite a lot of things in that team. So that was an interesting <laughs> choice. <laughs> but uh, yeah, then in the end they go and pick uh, Bilal Koulibaly, who played with Victor in um in France. Um, and then we saw the Wizards take uh, Jarris Walker, who got traded, I guess, to uh, Indiana. And in Indiana, they got um, their Black Kulabali pick. Uh, then Taylor Hendricks went to the Jazz. Kaysen Wallace to the Mavs, who got traded mm-hmm. to OKC eventually. Uh, and then Jet Howard, again, to the Magic. Um, and I have a weird pick for the Magic. I like Jet Howard personally as a player, and I like what he represents. But I don't know if he helps them right now. But we'll talk about, we'll talk about winners and losers in a second. Who are your instant like winners of the draft? Well, like... I know it's like a broken record, as I said before, but and the Spurs, man, as soon as they won that lottery, <laughs> they would win the draft. <laughs> I'm telling you, like it's it's a bit like when every kind of the next big thing comes on. You know how we were when Zion was obviously tipped to of where he was going. Um, mm-hmm. They clearly win it because of the dimension, man. Eight foot wingspan, seven foot four. Like he's got handles. Um, and, you know, shoots very well. I think I like what Stephen A. Smith said. Like, it's going to be interesting if this is a Kevin Durant type of player, i.e. what I mean is that, is he going to have to put meat on them bones? Because, boy, (laughs) this league, you can get bashed about happily. So, for me, I think it's a great move because of the rumblings, but also like when you watch him and see what you could, what he can do, you're like, bro, like this is amazing. But the Spurs, you know, they, they spent years getting themselves into this position. That is true. This, yeah. This is the cornerstone for the franchise because you just need that one player. You know, if you think of, um, when they had Duncan, oh, what's that name? But, Tim um, Duncan. Tim Duncan. Yeah, that's it. Sorry. Forgetting his first name. But man, look at him and look how, how great he was. And then, the players they acquired around him. So, for me personally, I think it's one where they are they are the happiest because you know of getting that. But I think also other teams will be happy as well. Portland will feel like they 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 nailed it as well because of what they've added to Sharp. Um, and also I think maybe they also kind of I wouldn't say protect themselves, but you know Dame, you never know. Once he says you want that trade, you need to do what you need to do to see what you can get out in terms of uh, like draft capital, and also players yeah. potential you can do. So, I feel ultimately the Spurs really won the draft because that was the player everyone was. <laughs> Come on, man! We, we used to call it when Yamo watch. Who's gonna tank the most? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> they put themselves in, and a lot of teams did it with grace and style. <laughs> so. Fair play to the Spurs. They won it. And um, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, like, this is the start of something special. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like, everyone knows there's greatness there. 
But again, this league can be very, very unforgiving. We've seen players come in that we thought, rah, he's going to be it, and then it goes left. Do you know what I'm saying? But I think with him, there's just too much potential there. Yeah. So I think, um, yeah, personally for me, the Spurs won it. <laughs> I hear that. For me, yeah, Spurs is definitely is the, the big one. I think, obviously, them getting that first of all pick kind of resets their clock in terms of now they can build it, but they have a piece, a centerpiece to build around. Um, they've had that every every kind of couple of years, as you mentioned, Tim Duncan, uh, David Robertson before that. Um, a, a big centerpiece they can build around, and then they, they now bring on good players who support that. Like with Tim Duncan era, we had the Tony Parkers, the Jamal Ginobili's of the world. Yes, of course. So yeah. now with this... Um, with the Spurs team, we'll see what they, how they build around Victor. I think he has the potential to be a, like a generational talent. The raw bits are there. You see it, like a, his a, his height and his size, to be able to have the guard skills he has and and the wherewithal he has at the moment at such a young age is is amazing. I think the fact that he was given the reins of this this uh, this French team at some like, last year basically, they basically built a team around him and said it's your team now. Even though you're only like I don't know eighteen nineteen years old, whatever it is run this team and, and see how far you take us. And he did kind of take him to the semi to the semifinals. I think finals of their of their league and they were able to kinda of, I guess lose losing the final, but they made it quite far with him at the helm. So we'll see uh, how that progresses. But um my pick for I guess one of the winners I think is the Rockets. I like what the Rockets did this draft. Mm. Um picking up Armen Thompson. Um I think people see Asar as maybe the best defender, but I think Armen helps that their guard play like quickly, especially if he if he ends up being the player that we think he is. Obviously, we don't have to assess over time, but we'll see if he if he ends up being the player they think he is. I think he's great at that size, at the guard position. I think um, you add him to the players they already got, like Jalen um, Green. Uh, you add him to the guy they picked last year. I forgot his name now. Um... Damn it, I forgot the guy's name. Doesn't matter. But you add him to them, like them and Alper and Shengun, all these players they have. And they've got a lot of cap space as well. But they also picked up a guy who I was really big on that slipped quite far in the draft, uh, Cam Whitmore from, yeah. from Villanova, who was like projected to be a top five pick, but slipped all the way to 20. Um, That's so nice slipped pick, out of the lottery. Actually. So, yeah, they basically picked up a top five talent at the 20, I think, obviously because of injuries, concerns and stuff, and concerns about his character and interviews, he slipped quite far in the draft. But I think he's a player that now has a chip on his shoulder and has something to prove. And I always like that from players, if they've got something to prove. Um, so I want to see what he does now with this with this Rockets team. They're, they're quite a young team that's got a good a good coach in Ime Udoka who's um, capable of leading these these young guys, I guess, into the future. So look for the Rockets to be a good team in like two, three years, man, with all these all this talent they're accumulating and cap space and draft picks and stuff. That'll be very interesting to see how they progress. So I like the Rockets personally. Um, But yeah, man, it's been an interesting period, obviously, with the NBA and, and all these other, other leagues and stuff, but I guess we're just going to end with like, do you have like one bold prediction going into next season? Um, like across the, the board for the, or? For the NBA, yeah. Like or for the NBA? Well, maybe, maybe we'll do across the board actually for all, because obviously every every league now is in the off season. It's in like a, a down period. So yeah. Okay. Uh, um, yeah. We'll start, we'll start with the NBA first and then we'll work our way out. But yeah, what's your one bold prediction for the NBA next season? Oh, okay. Actually, then I have to write these ones down as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I'll just say like, do we have to make them wild or can it be anything? It's up. It's up to you. It can be bold. It can be wild. It can be. It can be quite tame. It can be whatever you want it to be. Mm, okay. NBA wise. Um. Now I'm saying it. When Yam, when Banyama, he leads the the Spurs to the playoffs. Actually, mm. no, that's not really wild though. 
But yeah, I think he does still. Like this is like in a fantastic scenario. Um, but yeah, like uh, takes uh, takes them to the playoffs. But they pick up some like some crazy wins in the season. Interesting. Just that's a big one actually, because just because of like obviously we're not sure what he's going to be like because obviously as you mentioned he's put on some weight and stuff. Yeah. And this Spurs team didn't they weren't they haven't been very good for a number of years now. So if he does that. It's big time, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So and, I, and I think like that will be like the story of the season. Mm. That's just, just a crazy prediction, though. I could say other stuff as well, like, like the Clippers to not not come across again, but I, I don't <laughs> want to do it like that. So I, I'll do the NBA and I'll allow you to be in the NBA, then we'll, we'll do our thing. Yeah. Uh, so my my NBA one, I haven't really thought about it too much, but I think one I'm thinking about off the top of my head right now um, is that Damian Lillard requests a trade. Okay. Uh, and gets traded to a contender and potentially wins a ring this year. Okay. Okay, let me write that down. Dame requests trade and then goes to... Okay. I don't know why. I have a feeling he'll, he'll get a chill request a trade. I don't know where he'll, he'll get traded to, though. Um, But if it, if it's a contender, someone like a... Oof, let me think on the West. Who can get traded to in the West? That would, that would make him take a step forward. Uh, there's quite a few teams, but for example, if he gets traded to like a like a Miami, for example, mm-hmm. that would kind of be crazy. Um, him and him with Jimmy Butler, him with Bam, um, that's a that's a potential title winning team. So I like that for Damian Lillard if he gets traded. I hear that too. I hear that. Okay, fair. Do you want to go right. straight to to football or basketball? Uh, we'll go football. Okay, football. Um. <sighs> Liverpool win the only trophy that has been eluded them in terms of in the clock reign and they win the, the Europa League. Interesting. Because that's yeah. the one that Klopp actually lost that final. You know, one where that is true, yeah. Oh my gosh, that final was, was so sick. And then, <laughs> yeah, we, we uh, like when they say bombastic side eye, yeah, that's again, I mean, we could meet Seville in the final, so. Yep, anything can happen. Anything anything can happen, yeah. For sure's on that. Yeah. But yeah, that's my prediction um for next season. Yep, mine for football next season is that Haaland wins Ballon d'Or. Not not like this this season, but for next season. Oh, so wow. I think I think he wins the Premier League Golden Boot again next season and then wins Ballon d'Or afterwards. Okay. Oh wow! Fair. That's a big. That's a big. But I hear that though, because obviously now the two guys, you know, Messi and well, obviously, yeah. Look at that, Messi, Ronaldo, Benzema, all don't play in European leagues anymore. All don't play in European leagues anymore. Obviously, Mbappe's still around, but um, we'll get to see what he. Do. If even if, if Mbappe goes around Madrid, then that changes kind of things a little bit. But um, I think Haaland at the City team will continue to score a bunch of goals. Um, I think he wins Golden Boot again, and then potentially is a is a winner of Ballon d'Or next season. Okay, fair. Yeah, okay. Then then into the world of NFL. NFL. Oh. Okay, my prediction is going to be crazy. All right, do you want to hear this? Go it's on. A bit like Jordan Love is the second coming of Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah. Like, and when I mean like, when I mean like, everyone's like, "What the hell? This guy wins the NFC." And then wins the Super Bowl in his first year. Mm. 
That's hilarious. That would be amazing, right? <laughs> I know, guys, if you're listening to the pod, quote me here. I will post it on the Instagram page. That is the prediction. <laughs> That's funny. Jordan Love. <laughs> um, yeah, for me, I think my, my NFL one is, is like, almost not the opposite of yours, but I guess the counter one of yours is the, the Jets make it to the Super Bowl. I don't know if they win, but I think they make it to the Super Bowl. With Aaron Rodgers. Crazy thing. Imagine it was like a Jets versus Packers final. That'd be insane. That would be jokes. That would be because like to be fair, if that was to ever happen, yeah, the Packers they lose them though. Yeah, like, honestly. Because <laughs> can you imagine that Aaron Rodgers like what my previous employer? No, 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 no. But now they are losing by force. <laughs> yeah, he was he's scorched like, what? now. He'd be like, I broke two legs. No, 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 but not. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. But yeah, man, those are some of our crazy wild ball predictions for next season. We'll see if any of those... We'll have to write those down and see if any of those come true. Nah, I'll put it down already, bro. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> Fantastic. So we'll see as that as that all progresses. But um, it's been a long one. Obviously, we haven't spoke for quite some time. That's why we've gone on for quite some time. But uh, yeah. another fun episode of The Aggregate School. See with myself, Ayok, and with my co-host, Elijah. Um, as always, keep up with us on the socials, uh, on everything with Aggregate underscore score. Uh, on Instagram, on TikTok, on Twitter, on Twitch, on it all. Uh, stay in contact, and uh, we'll keep you updated with all the all the news and happenings in, in the various sports that we love. Yeah, but um, you. it's been fun talking to you, bro. It's been a while, but great to get this in, man. Yeah, man, and um, yeah, join us hopefully next week. We should be 100%. back to back to normal, back, back to normal, normal schedule programming. But uh, yeah, man, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> Let's win <Cool>. the promises. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, man, good to speak to you and uh, I guess we'll see you soon. Peace. Yeah, peace, man.